Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Season 4, Episode 18 of this Daily Study Podcast. We are continuing our study of our Come Follow Me materials, studying Genesis chapters 3 to 4 and Moses chapters 4 to 5 in the week of January the 10th to January the 16th. And today we are hopefully going to conclude uh, the section of Genesis 3 and Moses 4, which deals with the fall of Adam and Eve. Um, So to begin with, uh, we'll continue from where we left off yesterday, where we had Adam uh, trying to divert blame uh, from him uh, regarding what had happened. And of course, Eve does a similar thing uh, when she says that the serpent beguiled her and she did eat. Uh, And then the Lord addresses uh, Lucifer or the serpent uh, and says that uh, it will be cursed above all of the cattle and above uh, and above every beast of the field and upon thy belly uh, they, they shall go. Um, and in verse 15, I want to have a look at this in Genesis 3. Uh, it says here, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy heel and thou shalt bruise his heel. Um, so obviously here we have this idea of enmity and enmity, um, I think I may have referred to this on a previous podcast, but it was a while ago. Um, and so I'll share with it with you now that this idea of enmity is a, a meaning of hatred or a, a displacement between um, the two sides. And so um, mankind and um, Lucifer will have an, an enmity uh, between each other. Now, obviously, there's two ways we can look at this. Um we can look at it as being the children of God, of God in general having enmity uh, or having a, a innate aversion to, to wickedness. Of course, over time, if, if um, someone is not following the covenant path or chooses wickedness rather than righteousness, and they can become desensitized to that and, and not have that enmity anymore. But initially, we have this, uh, this aversion to or this distaste of or this light of Christ with us. Uh, Brad R. Wilcox uh, said this, uh, quote, When my brothers and I were growing up, my dad would give us a father's blessing at the beginning of each new school year, a tradition I have continued with my children. In the same way, Heavenly Father gave us a type of father's blessing before we came to this earthly school. It happened in the Garden of Eden when Satan was cast out. That's when God placed enmity, a hatred, between Adam and Eve's posterity and all that is evil. We are born with the light of Christ, and we are also born with a hatred for anything s- sinful. Close quote. So I liked that. I liked the idea of how this moment, this event, is Heavenly Father putting this um, ability to know between good and evil uh, in in all of mankind, which is of course what the fall was about. In the first, uh, you know, one of the reasons why Adam and Eve chose to make that decision to fall away from the garden. Um, another way of looking at this, of course, uh, is looking at um, the fact that the Lord says specifically that there is enmity between the, the serpent and the the seed of the woman. Uh, and of course, there is only really one person that comes to mind when we think of someone who is the seed of woman, woman, uh, especially without any intervention of an earthly man. And that is, of course, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And he is the one that will have power uh, to bruise um, the, the head of the serpent. Uh, and make sure that we are able to overcome um, the the difficulties that he brings, but also the, the negative effects of the fall. Um, we then see here that uh, in verse 16, there is a phrase which is, which is referred to, which has been commented on by a, a number of individuals over the years in terms of um, 
what it might mean, why it's in there, and what we need to understand from it. First of all, before we go into the next four or so verses where we see the, the cursing that takes place by God, note that the cursing does not take effect on Adam and Eve. There is a curse laid upon Satan, and there is a curse laid upon the ground, which we'll talk about in a moment. Neither Adam or Eve are given a curse, but of course, after they have taken the fruit, they are now subject to immortal mortality. And mortality in itself is is not perfect. Uh, our bodies are not perfect. Uh, they are they age. They become ill. They they gain they they gain illnesses and and can be broken. Um, and so there is difficulty that comes with that. Of course, in order to be able to bring seed to the earth as well, uh, there is difficulties with childbirth and childbearing and things like that as well. So in verse 16, we, we start to see this uh, come into place. But there's also a phrase at the end in verse 16, which, which um, as I mentioned before, has been discussed. And it says, And thy desire shall, he's speaking to Eve, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. Now, obviously, um, you know, I think that there is obviously some um, concern, right, and rightly so, when we see uh, a term like that. Uh, and actually, uh, you know, over the, over the years, church leaders have, have counseled that the way we understand the word rule maybe perhaps should be in a different way than what we may, first of all, uh, think the rule, the word rule means. Uh, President Spencer W. Kimball said, uh, quote, I have a question about the word rule. Uh, it gives the wrong impression. I would prefer to use the word preside because that's what he does. A righteous husband presides over his wife and family, close quote. And of course, we've had discussions about the word preside and how that doesn't mean to rule over, but rather it means to protect, to strengthen, to support. Uh, and actually, I've got another quote uh, by uh, President Gordon B. Hinckley, uh, who said, quote, I sat with uh, President David O. McKay, on one occasion when he talked about that statement in Genesis, his eyes flashed with anger as he spoke of despotic husbands and stated that they would have to make an accounting of their evil actions when they stand to be judged by the Lord. He indicated that the very essence of the spirit of the gospel demands that any governance in the home should only be done should be done only on righteousness. Um, my own interpretation of that sentence is that the husband shall have a governing responsibility to provide for, to protect and strengthen and shield the wife. Any man who belittles or abuses or terrorizes or rules in unrighteousness will deserve and I believe receive the reprimand of a just God who is the eternal father of both his sons and daughters. Close quote. So whilst I mean, and, and I did look at the Hebrew roots of this word to see if there was any kind of mistranslation from that. But even then, uh, there was uh, there wasn't really anything in particular that stood out from that. So. It is something which we need to be aware of that perhaps we need to understand a little bit more uh, before we start um, thinking, uh, taking that literally in terms of the home setting. We then get to verse 17 where he speaks to Adam uh, and, he, and it starts talking about the ground being cursed. It says, Because thou hast hearkened to the voice of thy wife and hast eaten of the tree, of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed, cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow thou sh shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. So this is indicating that um, the Adam will be required to work, uh, Adam and Eve, to in, in order to be able to receive the the fruits and the and the blessings of the of the earth. They will need to work um, for for that. But interestingly, notice that it says that curse is the ground for thy sake, making it sound like that. 
in order to bring blessings or in order to to help Adam, the the curse was the, the ground was cursed. So in actually, whilst it sounds negative, it actually is for his benefit. Um, Milton R. Hunter said, quote, I believe that one of the basic roots of happiness is work. When God gave Adam the commandments that he should earn his bread by the sweat of his face and also proclaim that the noxious weeds and other similar things that were placed upon the earth and all the troubles that we meet are here for our own good, God proclaimed a great truth. I know of no thing which gives more joy to our hearts than to have a job that we like and to do a job efficiently and well. An indescribable amount of peace and satisfaction comes into one's heart through work well done. Close quote. Um, this is also uh, commented on by Elder Dieter F. Uchtdorf, who said, quote, How I admire men, women and children who know how to work. How the Lord loves the labourer. The Lord doesn't expect us to work harder than we are able. He doesn't, nor should we, compare our efforts to, the th to those of others. Our Heavenly Father asks only that we do the best we can, that we work according to our full capacity, however great or small that may be. Close quote. So truly, uh, this is uh, something which we find a great strength and support. It's this idea that we can work and develop our attributes through this work as well. Um, finally, I just want to um, make a comment on verse 21 in Genesis chapter 3, um, which also uh, is linked with verse 27 in Moses 4 and 28. Um, and actually, I'm going to read the Moses account because it makes the link a bit more clearer uh, that I'm going to make now. It says, Unto Adam and also unto his wife did I, the Lord God, make coats of skins and clothed them. And I, the Lord God, said unto my only begotten, Behold, the man is become as one of us to know good and evil. And now lest he put forth his hand and partake also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Um, he then goes on to talk about how he's going to place cherubim uh, and a flaming sword at the tree of life. But I wanted to focus on these coats of skins. Notice that we talked about fig leaves yesterday and how they were not a sufficient covering uh, for Adam and Eve. But the Lord uh, gave Adam and Eve uh, a covering that was sufficient, uh, a coat of skin that was able to cover them and clothe them. And that is the same with our repentance. Through our Saviour and through his sacrifice, which is the same, sac same as the sacrifice that an animal would have to be if sacrificed to create these coats of skins, our Saviour is sacrificed for us for a covering that does cover and and um, remove from sight our sins because he has atoned for them. Um, and I just, I, I'd never really made that that link before between the coat of skins that was placed upon Adam and Eve being a, a symbol of our Saviour and his sacrifice, just like the animal would, an animal would have to be sacrificed for this coat of skins to be created. Uh, it is a beautiful symbol uh, and one which I'll have a have to reflect on and think about a bit more as we uh, study that a bit more as we continue through this study and also uh, as we go to the temple to study as well. Thank you so much for listening today. We'll continue into our, our next chapter tomorrow and on, on and on Sunday and discuss the story of Cain and Abel. Thank you so much for your time and until we meet again.